Hit it. Tune into the manifesto hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Welcome to the manifesto. I'm your host, Logan. Today, my guest is Wayne Long, MP for St. John Wesley. Hi, Wayne. Hey, Logan. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So you were first elected in 2015 in yep. the liberal sweep of Atlanta, Canada, which, wow, first off, I don't know how that happened. Yep, 32 out of 32. Who would have thought that? Nobody pre-2015. Yep. Um, St. John Wesley isn't the most friendliest volume to liberals, historically. No. no. So how did you win in 2015? How have you continued to win since? Well, you're right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head about St. John Rossi not really being traditionally a conservative riding. And, yeah. you know, I think those that know New Brunswick um, politically, federally, or provincially um, is predominantly conservative in the South. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was determined to, to break that streak. Um, I was determined to come in kind of being my own guy, uh-huh. my own person, if you will, um, and try to do politics different. Now, obviously, previous to my political life, I had a lot of exposure in St. John as president and part owner of the St. John Sea Dogs. Mm-hmm. Winning the Memorial Cup and stuff gave me a lot of profile, obviously. Um, so I said, hey, it was 2014. I was literally around the table having a few beers with some friends and said, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm going to uh, give a shot now um, federally. I was approached actually by um, the Lord Conservatives uh, provincially to run for them, um, give or take five years previous to that. I mean, my boys uh, were younger at that point. The timing really wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was student union vice president out here. I mean, we were the student union that built this building that we're in right now. My office was literally... 30 feet down the hall. Every time I walk in here, I have great memories. But, you know, I, I kind of had that bug politically from university days to run. Yeah. So anyway, fast uh, forward to 2014. It's like, I think we're ready to take a shot. So I kind of look what's coming. Well, gee, there was going to be an election in 2015. Um, Rodney Weston was the incumbent conservative MP at that point. Um, two terms in. And I was kind of like, well, there's going to be an opening on the NDP side, the Green side, and the Liberal side. Um, you know, I voted NDP in the past. I voted Conservative in the past. I voted, obviously, many times Liberal in the past. So where was the best opening? I mean, for me to win um, was, obviously, with the Liberal Party. So mm-hmm. I went and got the nomination. It wasn't contested. And um, I started in 2015. I mean, I... I wanted to do politics differently. I, I, I say this story often that people did sit down with me and say, you got to change who you are. You got to change your kind of style way. And we know you're out there a bit and you know, you're a little loosey goosey and, <laughs> and you don't wear suits and ties and you've got to change how you act and how you look and stuff and so on and so forth. And I, I appreciated the advice uh, advice. I obviously I didn't take it. Um, and I was determined to win in my own style. So I came out saying, look, there are progressive voters in these, this riding in southern New Brunswick. I'm going to um, come out with a riding first, 
um, unique style representing the riding, speaking out when I feel it's um, good for the riding to speak out. And I mean, obviously I won and I won again in 19 and I won again in 2021. I'm the three, the only three time winning liberal uh, in the riding. Um, I'm coming, I'm, I'm obviously my eighth year. Um, and, um, you know, we'll see what the future holds, but, uh, I'm proud of what I've done. And, you know, you look at a political map right now, Logan, and like I said earlier, you, <laughs> you can draw a line across the middle of the province and look South. And I mean, it's just solid blue provincially infected, except yeah. for this little tiny red dot, which is St. John Rossi. So I'm proud to do it. I'm proud to uh, hold the riding three times for the progressive side. Yes. You're the only liberal provincially and federally to represent Anywhere that's not, say, anywhere south of Fredericton and west of Moncton. It, it's, it's, just, it's just you and... It is help. me, and, and sometimes it's lonely. <laughs> um, you know, look, I, I, I have great relationships with, um, you know, the MPs on either side of me. Don't agree on a lot. You know, Rob Moore and John Williamson. Um, I work very closely with Arlene Dunn provincially in St. Mm-hmm. John Harbor. And have good relationships with uh, the other MLAs too, you know, whether it's, you know, Trevor, Glenn or Dorothy or Ted Fleming, uh, we need to work together. We need to kind of put um, down our partisan hats at times and do what's best for the riding. But look, I'm here, I'm progressive, um, you know, obviously it's more than that, but I, 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 I believe our climate's changing, um, you know, I'm pro-choice. Um, there's a lot of things that um, I stand for and I want to be a beacon of progressive light for uh, those that follow me. So a couple of weeks ago, you announced that you are not seeking re-election. When, whenever the next federal election could be, this summer, 2025, we don't know. Right. Can you explain why you have decided that this is time to step back? Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, there are those that would say, oh, my gosh, you know, you've won three times straight. The riding's yours. And, Wayne, you can win this riding for the next 20 years if you want. Um. And you know what? Uh, I feel my support in the riding is as high and as strong as it's ever been, like mm-hmm. right today. Do I think I can win another election? Absolutely. But there's also a point, and there's also a shelf life, I think, that politicians should look at. And I, I you know, was determined not to be a career politician. Um, I was determined to leave on my terms. And I believe change is good. And I mean, I will be coming up to almost 10 years um, by the time I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'll be the third longest sitting MP in the riding's history. Um, and again, I think change is good. And, you know, I approach this job that I'm on, you know, they always say you're on or you're off in politics. Well, I'm on basically 24 seven. Um, I'm very active in social media. Mm-hmm. I respond to my constituents. I don't hide from my constituents. Um, very transparent. Um, but that also comes with a price and a cost. I mean, I, I, I like the attention, those that know me laugh when I say this, but I literally can't do or go anywhere without people, you know, recognizing me, yeah. wanting to talk with me. And that, that's all good. Don't get me wrong. But there's also a point where living in a fishbowl, fishbowl becomes more and more difficult as the years go by. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I came into this saying, and I mean, if you can go back, I, I don't know exactly where and when I said it, but I was always kind of like, I'm going to do this for hopefully around 10 years and get out. Um, because, you know, those that know me also say, well, you know, you can survive longer if you just don't interact with the constituents as much. Don't 
do as much, just kind of slow down. But that's not who I am. Yeah. And that's not what politics and politicians should do or should be. They should be interactive. They shouldn't like try to coast to get through another election or mm-hmm. basically go in hibernation and come out and dust themselves off for another election. We see that all the time in politics, not just here, but across the country. So I said, no, I'm going to leave in my own terms. I'm going to leave when people don't want me to leave. And if you really look back, there's very, very few politicians that I can remember. I mean, Frank McKenna, long before your time comes to mind, where he left at the height of his popularity. At the height of his popularity. Yeah. And he left when people said, oh, I wish he didn't leave. And I want to do that, and I'm going to do that. Yes, I know. With Frank, I know people who still say, if he didn't leave in 97, he would have been premier forever. He was just that popular. Right. And I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 I look at Frank McKenna, his style, his leadership, and try to emulate a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And um, I just think that there's a sweet spot where you can stay too long, you can wear out your welcome, or you can leave again when people say, oh, I wish he had a state. Oh, he could have won. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at the stuff. I mean, I'm proud of my track record. I'm proud of what I've done. I think I've changed the writing. And I've also, I think, most importantly to me, I think I've changed how people in the riding view and have expectations on their politicians. I think mm-hmm. that I've kind of raised that bar from a communicating, transparent side of things, and hopefully those that follow can can uh, live up to that bar and hopefully raise the bar. The Boundaries Commission's final report has St. John being split into directly right down the harbor with West Side being part of St. Croix, St. John, which I don't like the writing name, and East Side being St. John, was it St. John Canopicasis? Yep. How do you feel about St. John being split down the two while places like Fredericton and Moncton are left intact? I think it's a travesty for the riding. I know there are those that say, oh, well, you know, two MPs are better than one. But the riding, St. John in particular, will not be getting two MPs. Mm-hmm. They're going to be getting two riding names with St. John in both of the ridings. But, I mean, you could, and this is no disrespect to, um, you know, the other MPs that sit, but... You know, you could very well end up with uh, St. John, St. Croix being represented by John Williamson in St. Stephen mm-hmm. and St. John Kennebecasis being represented by Rob Moore or somebody in Quispam Sis. I mean, you could see a scenario where the city of St. John really doesn't have an MP mm-hmm. that lives in the city. And I just think from a priority standpoint, from a focus standpoint, from a unified voice speaking for the riding, it's going to be extremely difficult. I mean, you're going to have the Port St. John, Moosehead Breweries, Laurenville Industrial Park, represented by one. You're going to have Uptown St. John, across the harbor from the port. Um, you know, East St. John, Cases and Quispam Sis, represented by another. So I think it's a travesty. Um, I spoke up about it. I presented to the Electoral Riding Commission um, and um, they didn't listen to the objections, and I, th- I think it's a sad day for uh, the riding. Yes, I, I live in why will be St. Croix, St. John, and I'm not a fan of it because why should this, uh, the West Side is people who live in the city be represented by well, John, who is in St. Stephen, in a very, very rural riding? Why should the urban people be represented by 
Right. Now, and to be fair, I mean, the, there'll be those that would say, well, then a, a candidate in West St. John should run. Yeah. But, you know, just keeping it real, looking at the riding, looking at the demographics, looking at the breakdown, looking at the rural component, mm-hmm. West St. John will be joining a riding that is 80% rural. Mm-hmm. So, and that's okay. I mean, look, I lived in St. Andrews, worked in St. George for 15 years. I mean, no disrespect at all. I love the area. I love the people. I, I, again, as a part of me being there. But, like, West St. John's voice will get smothered by rural needs. Mm-hmm. And West St. John is not rural. It's urban. It is what it is. So, you know, to me, combining a chunk of a urban riding in a rural riding just isn't, isn't fair to either parties. And uh, again, um, I mean, obviously I lost out, but I don't think it's a good thing for St. John Rossi and in particular the city of St. John. Um, a project that I know you're a big fan of is the port, which is growing at... at, at Ex- exponential. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for. Um, with, I believe, 150,000 TUs coming through the port last year, which more to be fair to this year, thanks to the new two container cranes on the west side. Right. What... What what do you feel about the port, and how has the federal government helped the port expand and grow? Well, I mean, straight up, the, the port expansion, whether it was the initial announcement that we made in 2016 um, for, you know, phase one of the uh, mm-hmm. port modernization, which, you know, federally was uh, $70 million, um, or phase two of the port modernization, which we announced last year, mm-hmm. which was, you know, another $20 million, um, it's transformational. I mean, the port is the economic engine of Southern New Brunswick. As the port goes, really, so does the whole area, whether it's, you know, port jobs, um, admin jobs, ILA jobs, um, you know, spinoff jobs, um, rail. So, you know, the growth of the port, the investments that we made as a government, along with the provincial government, will transform that port and set that port up for future prosperity for many, many years to come. I mean, you hit it in the head. I mean, you know, two years ago, it was at 80,000 TEUs, 160,000 TEUs now, to potentially grow to 800,000 TEUs. And I mean, that's that's not like pie in the sky. We hope they get their growth. That's CP Rail and DP World, two of the massive partners with Port St. John, saying this is where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just a huge success story. It's, a, uh, it's certainly a story that... In particular, I was proud to advocate for the funding for all, you know, the, we just had a recent announcement there for a Canada Board of Services building. I mean, it's a perfect example of how federal dollars, um, taxpayer dollars, if you will, mm-hmm. can spur private or, you know, development that will spur economic activity and economic prosperity for Southern New Brunswick. It's just a great news story for, um, for our city. Uh, the federal and provincial governments have announced a joint project with UMBSJ about the Health and Social Innovation Center. Can you talk more about that project and what it would mean for UMBSJ and St. John as a whole? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> we're thrilled to be part of it. Mm-hmm. We are part of it because Dominic LeBlanc, um, you know, expanded um, eligibility criteria for infrastructure so we could fund. I mean, you have to always remember that as a federal government, we don't normally fund university buildings. It's not yeah. what the federal government does. I mean, that's crossing a provincial line. 
Mm-hmm. But because we expanded eligibility for infrastructure, the premier could actually haul some of the federal money along to do that project. So the IHI is something that I've been working on for many, many years. I mean, Dr. Petra Hoff right here at UMBSJ was really the champion of that project. It's going to add 500 more students to UMBSJ. Okay. You're going to have a you know bachelor degree in, in health. Mm-hmm. Um, with majors in, I believe, health research, health admin, and maybe health business. Um, you know, adding 500 students is, is huge. It also is going to be a bit of a um, research hub, if you will, that should attract, you know, massive, massive um, investment dollars. So it's going to be a new build for the university. It's going to be an identity for UNBSJ. And it's just a great project that, again, another project that I'm very, very proud that we could uh, – be instrumental in helping uh, make a reality. And another project, there's a lot of projects happening in St. John, is Funded Key Uptown. Yeah. I see on social media you are a big fan of what's happening. Yeah. What has, but what, first off, what do you think about the project and what has happened with, how has the federal government helped this project advance? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a common theme and I'm always happy to talk about what we've done federally, but, you know, it's another project that we we speared it. We spearheaded it with mm-hmm. our with our, our uh, disaster uh, mitigation adaptation fund that you know brought in fifteen million dollars to restore the seawall. I mean, <clears throat> certainly a challenge that any uh, proponent, the city or developer, had with a development on our waterfront was the seawall was in disrepair, and mm-hmm. no no developer was going to come in and pump fifteen to twenty million dollars to fix a wall, then get ready for development. That had to come from from federal dollars. So. We brought that money in. We have fixed and, and obviously restored the seawall. We've raised the level of the site. And, um, you know, we've invested millions of dollars federally, really from Loyalist Plaza, right outside my office. I can look down where the boardwalk or where the patios are going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that under total restoration, right through to an including container village, which was spearheaded by federal dollars. So, yeah, I talk about it a lot. Um, I post about it a lot, twofold. I post because I really sincerely want to, I want people to share in the excitement of the development, number one. Mm-hmm. And two, I want, to know, I want people to know that federally, we invested millions of dollars to make this happen, and that wasn't happening in the past. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to do um, as an MP coming in 2015 was really turn up the pursuit of federal dollars for the riding. No disrespect to anyone that followed or, you know, was before me, sorry, that came, that predated me as an MP, but the riding really never got its fair share of federal investment mm-hmm. dollars for projects. So, I mean, I'm a business guy. Um, I came at it differently with more of a focused project-based approach in Ottawa, meeting with the right departments, the right ministers. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. I mean, there's been... Really, I mean, you can add it up over, say, almost eight years now, a billion dollars invested in St. John Rossi federally. So, again, that waterfront project, that waterfront development is going to be transformational for the whole southern part of the province. I mean, you look at other cities, whether it's Boston, New York, St. John's, Newfoundland, Halifax, their waterfronts are fully developed. Retail, commercial, residential. Um, community areas, and we just have had basically a glorified parking lot from Market Square down to 
uh, the cruise ship terminals for too many years. So what's happening there? I mean, the Elias Group has taken Fundy Key. They're going to start their first project, hopefully within a month or two. You see the the Loyalist Plaza, the boardwalk area in full development now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, beside that, you're going to see more commercial and retail development. It's a great thing for our riding. And um, again, that investment will reap benefits for people in St. John Rossi and Southern New Brunswick for many, many years to come. This, I've interviewed a number of MPs and MLAs over the past few months, and we have talked a lot about a high-speed rail system here in Canada, say high-speed rail from Montreal to Toronto, and a robust rail system in the rest of the country. How do you feel about having a good working rail system from coast to coast? I think, keeping it real, um, high-speed rail in, you know, you talk Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, what have you. Yeah. Um, happens it's going to happen i mean whether it's high-speed rail or subway or you know enhanced transit system the problem we have here in atlantic canada and in particular new brunswick is is just population and volume and it's great to say look you know we're going to put high-speed rail from st john new brunswick up through to montreal but like just keep again just keeping it real there's not enough people that would use Mm -hmm. it in you know, it's a challenge we have here with respect to especially our rural areas to to have cost-effective and proper public transportation, number one. Case in point, um, I know there's been many, many efforts at, they call it rural transit, but, you know, a bus system from St. Stephen up through to St. John. And people have tried it, Coastal Link or what have you. But the issue is, you know, after the fanfare, after the initial few weeks kind of wear off where people are like, oh, let's use this. Like you talk to the operators, there's like three people on it, you know, daily from St. Stephen up. Mm-hmm. So it's great in theory. But is it ever really going to happen from Atlantic Canada to the major centers? No. I mean, again, that's that's my opinion. Would it be nice? I mean, it would cost hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. It would take hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of yearly subsidy to keep it running. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough volume. That being said, can we be more creative? Smaller buses, electric buses, more timely buses from rural areas through to the bigger centers? Yeah, and we need to do that. Um, With your announcement that you're not going to seek re-election federally, you have made some comments that people think you might run provincially. Yep. Well, are you going to run the next provincial election for the Liberals? I mean, the answer to that is, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm not shutting the door. Uh-huh. I'm not being coy. Um, I am considering it. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, that I could have a major bo- voice provincially. I think I could make a contribution provincially. I think that, um, you know, a Wayne Long style of politician and politics would be refreshing provincially. Um, do I think I, I'd have an opportunity to win provincially? Yes, I do. Um, and I'm looking at it and considering it. I'm also looking at, you know, private business options too mm-hmm. and seeing if there's opportunities out there for me, be it maybe aquaculture where I used to work. Um, I mean, the hockey days have come and gone. I, I don't want to go down that road again. But I'm looking at different opportunities. So to answer that question, I am looking. 
Um, I would most likely run in West St. John or Kings. Um, and um, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what the next year holds. I don't think there's any rush to make a decision. I mm-hmm. mean, we know that um, the next provincial election <clears throat> would most likely be in September of 2014 or sorry, <laughs> 2024. Um, so we'll kind of cross that bridge when we come to it. But I'm not saying no. I raised my uh, question onto that. How do you feel about the, re- the reemergence of the New Brunswick Liberals under, Susan, under leadership of Susan Holt? I think it's great. I think that uh, Susan's refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the province is ready for, you know, obviously, I think a, a liberal leader, number one. But I think Susan's approach and her style is is refreshing. And I think that, um, you know, look, I think that the work that has to be done is 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 a lot. I think she's got a lot of work to do to connect, but I support her. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her, and I'll do anything to help um, get her elected as the next premier of this province. A non-politics question is, last year the Sea Dogs won the Memorial Cup here in St. John on home ice. You worked for them for, for years were you happy to see them win here in St. John? Oh, I loved it. I mean, <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. I mean, Trevor Georgie, um, and you know, he's obviously the, the president, the general manager of the organization. Him and his team did a fantastic job. Number one, building a uh, team that was good enough to compete and mm-hmm. win the Memorial Cup. Um, Scott McKean, obviously, as the owner of the team. Um, who's been there really from, you know, when Scott and I brought the team here in 2011. Um, did a, sorry, 2005, 2011, <laughs> what am I saying? 2005. Um, it was thrilling. I mean, we, you know, it was one of those things where we tried to get, obviously, the Memorial Cup and host it in 2012. We mm-hmm. won it in 2011. Um, and we didn't. We lost to Shawinigan, and it was always a little bit of a sore point that, we never got to host it, number one. And equally important, the, you know, we never got to share what a Memorial Cup is all about. Because I'd been to many Memorial Cups, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was Brandon or Guelph or Halifax or Quebec City. And, you know, we always wanted to give that experience to this city. And we missed out. We fell short. And it was always a bit of a sore point that we didn't host. We didn't get to win that second Memorial Cup in 2012. By, you know, sometimes a host team advantage because a host team does have an advantage. And guess what? This, uh, you know, um, new group of, not new anymore, but, you know, Trevor and his team who came in after I left in 2015, took the franchise and built it and kind of rebooted it, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. They won the Memorial Cup. It was unbelievable for this city. It was a... Just an unbelievable tournament, the electricity, the excitement in the building, um, the quality of the team, the quality of the events in the community. I mean, we had a beautiful week of weather, which sometimes can be a bit of a determining factor, but, you know, um, nature uh, smiled on us that week, and it was just wonderful. I was just grinning from ear to ear to ear and so happy for the organization and so happy for our city that we could actually experience a win like that of that magnitude on home ice. Yes, I'm, I never get to a game because of work. And I was, I was sad I never get to buy what I watched everyone on TV. And it was, it, it was so nice to watch Memorial Cup 
here in St. John. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like you're watching an NHL game. I mean, it was... The, I had friends, like even in Vancouver, that were watching, and not only the games, but just the the drone shots of the city mm-hmm. and, you know, the videos of some of the events going like, that's St. John? That can't be St. John. <laughs> and I mean, there were those even, you know, I heard from TSN that were here that were just saying, you know, this was not quite, but almost as good as the Olympics in Vancouver with respect to community engagement and, and involvement. So, you know, again, hats off to uh, Trevor and his team for putting on just an amazing week and a half of uh, world-class hockey talent for this city to see firsthand. My final question is the one I ask all my guests. What are your thoughts on first pass to post and changing the electoral system away from first pass to post? Oh, I mean, I'm a strong proponent for, um, you know, proportional representation Mm -hmm. with respect to electoral reform. We need electoral reform. We ran on electoral reform in 2015. We failed. We didn't deliver on that. It's Mm -hmm. a regret I have. Um, I should have been more vocal. I mean, I was kind of a, still a a newbie at that point and kind of went with the flow. Mm -hmm. But, um, Look, you see how disengaged people are with politics in general, and mainly people are disengaged because it's the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. You go from the liberals to the conservatives, then you go back from the conservatives to the liberals, and back and forth and back and forth we go. And I know a lot of people, in particular young adults like yourself, just don't feel involved, engaged, or feel the process is worth voting in. And, you know, proportional representation would really make every vote count. And I think... Give better representation. And I mean, look, through a proportional representation system, like if your government or have the most seats, you would build legislation and policy through collaboration and cooperation. That's what you would need to do. Mm-hmm. I think it, it makes for better government. I think for, it makes for better uh, policy and legislation. And I continue to advocate for it. And I'm certainly hoping that maybe even uh you know with uh, Susan Holt I know provincially she talks about electoral reform that mm-hmm. maybe New Brunswick can be that um test case uh, for you know uh, the rest of the country but uh, no we need electoral reform we need to find a way to make sure the youth um feel more engaged and and see a system that works for them and right now for too many it doesn't i mean and you see the proof in the pudding simply by the uh, sadly, the continuing uh, decrease in voter turnout. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all my question. Do you have anything you want to say to the people listening? Uh, listen, thanks for uh, uh, Logan. Thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me on. And look, um, I'm here to help um, open those doors um, to future politicians, um, future people that aspire to politics. Um, hopefully I was a bit of a change agent and people can see that. And, uh, my door is always open to anybody that's interested in really knowing how it works, whether you're green or NDP or liberal or conservative or anyone else that's interested in politics. Uh, my door is always open. Come talk to me. Well, Wayne, uh, thank you for taking time to do this interview. Pleasure. Uh, this has been the Manifesto. I'm your host, Logan. Today, my guest was Wayne Long, MP for St. John Rossi.